Good morning. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we welcome you here this morning. Pray that you come to worship our Heavenly Father, to hear the spoken word, and to be blessed upon high. We have a couple announcements. There's no class tonight, and some of our members are at reunion, being held at Black Gum this week. And is there any other announcements that anyone would like to share with us? Joyce? Yes, and a young man is going to be ordained next week named Parker Tibbetts. Hope everybody is uh, be here next week to share in that and to uh, encourage him. And he'll be a great asset to us. Dean? She truly was blessed. My call to worship is going to come out of First Peter, second chapter, First Peter one, two through eight. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus the Lord. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn our hymnals to number 16. We'll stand and I'll bring the opening prayer.
Almighty God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we gather in this sanctuary to praise you and to thank you for the blessings of life and for thy Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we offer this prayer. Amen. The opening scripture is from section 56, 6a. But blessed are the pure in heart, whose hearts are broken and whose spirits are contrite. For they shall see the kingdom of God coming in power in great glory unto their deliverance. For the fatness of the earth shall be theirs. For behold, the Lord shall come, and recompense shall be with him. And he shall reward every man, and the poor shall rejoice and their generations shall inherit the earth from generation to generation forever and ever. Let's turn to hymn 105.
Blessed are the pure in heart, as they shall see God. I'm going to stick pretty close to what the theme has been this month about the pure in heart. And uh, when I first started preparing for this, the first thought that came to my mind is how we, what is purity? How do we define pure? And I looked online, I tried to find a Hebrew dictionary, and I found one that had several definitions, but the one that stuck out to me the most, I think applied, was freedom from the defilement of sin. And then the more I began thinking about that and purity, at least in my mind, I saw that there's two, two facets to purity. And you can say temporal and spiritual, or if you don't prefer that, there's physical and mental. There's two aspects to becoming pure. So the first one, what I call the temporal one, would be your outward actions that everybody sees you do. This is when you go out and you know all the things you do, while the spiritual or mental would be what only you and God see between the two of you. So from Titus 2.7, In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. I'm going to talk about the temporal side first, so that's our actions. And all our actions should represent God. We should be about following all his commandments and be observant of everything we do everywhere we go. People are always watching us. You never know what you're doing and who's going to notice it. If you think you're alone, a lot of times you'll find out you're not. And uh, this morning I just thought of something that happened this week at work. And we had someone come in and they were bringing something to a patient and they were not very pleasant to deal with. But the item they were bringing was a Bible. So you know what went through my mind there. You know, you, you know, this is what you're bringing and this is how you're carrying yourself. Or we've heard before about the people that have road rage and they have a religious bumper sticker on their car. So you never know who's watching because they will you know, carry that with them. And especially when somebody knows you're a believer or you go to church or whatnot they they watch for you to fail they they do and they will hold it against you and bring it up to you all the time so we have to be extra careful and rely on god to try to remove the human side of our actions and to follow the spiritual we must keep the doctrine pure and we cannot slide you cannot compromise the doctrine too many have tried that in the past, and look where it's gotten them. So many, especially I know ones that have fallen away from here that I know personally, tried too hard to make what the world wants fit the scriptures instead of how the scriptures had come first. We must always remember it's what he wants, not what we want. A lot of times that's not the most comfortable or the easy answer to deal with and a lot of people unfortunately aren't prepared to to handle that and that's where they've they've fallen sadly so that's why we got to make sure that we're holding fast to what's in here and not at all compromising it several years ago I used the example I remember uh, thinking of Looney Tunes 
And I think it was Yosemite Sam and Bugs Bunny on moving the line. And he keeps drawing the line in the sand saying, well, you cross this line, you cross this, you know, and Bugs keeps pushing him forward and eventually falls off the cliff. You know, and that's where we can easily find ourselves because even a small compromise will grow. You get one weed in your garden and you don't remove it, eventually it can overtake the whole thing. So we must really be strong on keeping the doctrine pure by keeping our actions pure in what we do. Continuing on, a sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And wouldn't that be a wonderful if you knew that everybody around you could not think of one evil thing to say of you? I, I don't know that that would be true for me. I can think of some things they'd probably say, but that's why we have to really be observant of our words that we use around us. And I think of that in particularly on when you're online, you have social media and all that stuff. You know, you may go delete your post that you made because you felt bad after you did it, but it's probably still out there. Someone took a screen capture of it. It's there. It's there forever. And I have to remember that all the time. I, when I see stuff that I feel people shouldn't be saying and I really want to lay something in there and have to think about not doing that. It takes, takes a degree of uh, self-control and relying on God to not do that. Because words, they have a very strong power, a little bit different than how just your actions might. You know, you can maybe physically hurt someone. It's, it's a bit different than when you hurt them with words emotionally. They always say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. Well, that's, we know that's not true. That's why we always have to watch what we say, because it's always going to be, you know, remembered. And we have to think about how we're an example to all who are around us. Titus 2.11 for the grace of God, which bringeth salvation to all men, hath appeared, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. He gives us three ways to live there in the present world, three ways to separate ourselves from sin and to be the people he requires us to be. So you have to watch who you're around, what you kind of associate yourself with. You know, many have fallen, especially in their younger years, due to the company they keep. And sometimes I think that's misinterpreted as, you know, you think you're better than others around you. And that's not, not what it is, because God does want you to minister to those that are around you. They may be some of the ones that need it most, but that's where it becomes being in tune with the Spirit to know when that time is or when you need to separate yourselves from them. Too often I see in my past with ones I knew, they thought they would be the one to influence who was around them, and then they ended up being the ones influenced and are no longer here. Titus 3.2, to speak evil of no man, 
to be no brawlers, but gentle showing all darkness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. To speak evil of no man. And you, you think about that, and that's, that's kind of hard to do when you look out there and you see some of the stuff that people say, some of the actions they do. It's, it's, it's hard to remember the, you still have to have a degree of kindness towards them. You know, because the Lord says, vengeance is mine, it's not ours. And I think, of, you know, where I work, I get to deal with a lot of the, the bottom of society, for lack of a better word, that they take a special patience sometimes, certain ones that come in, and, you know, you always, I have to always look back on God and how, how would he want me to treat them, or how would I want to be treated if I was in a similar situation. And we have to think of that about all those around us. You know, you're representing God when you're there, and that we're to treat all with respect and kindness and love. Because hate, hate is very uh, rampant in the world right now. We all know that. You can look, you turn on the news, you hear about the shootings, the deaths, whatever. We, we know hate is ran rampant, so we must always strive to be at least, you know, we might be a small beacon, but to be a beacon of hope to those around us. And you have to be strong to guard against evil feelings that come up against you. You know, you see... Like I said, some people just take a, a lot of a lot of patience to to deal with. We have to guard against those evil thoughts and just always fall back fall back on the Lord and try to do the right thing. So that's kind of our our temporal side of the the purity. And now you have the spiritual side, and this is only between you and God. And, you know, no one else sees your thoughts or what's actually in your heart. So you have to come in tune on that part. One of the aspects I thought about with that, too, especially, is why do you do the things you do? Now, there's a lot of people that give money to charities and go out help the homeless and whatever, and, yeah, that's good, but are they doing it for the right reasons? There's a lot of people in the world that do that for the accolades of those around them. They do it just for their own self-worth, to prop up, to make themselves think they're good. But we have to make sure we're doing everything. It's not about us it's about God and what he's asked us to do and for about helping that person and we have to really control our thoughts and keep our mind pure and that's one of the hardest things when you have so many things in the world trying to come in your mind at all times when you have social media you have television you have the internet you have people around you it's just a lot of noise coming in at once so that's why we always have to make sure our minds are kept pure and single to God. And one of the ways to do that, you know, is to make sure we're studying a lot of the time and in prayer a lot of the time. What goes in, you know, is what's going to come out. So if you're putting junk in, then you're going to have junk coming out. So we really have to make sure we're putting in good stuff to make sure we're studying like we should, make sure we're spending time in prayer like we should, 
and keeping our, our hearts single to God, we have to have that purity. You know, it's, it may be seen as hard to achieve, but it's not impossible. And we can't give up, and it, it looks bleak when you look out here and you see how few we have. You know, every time I think about how I had such a lot of friends here in the church and now it's, where are they? You know, that, that gets discouraging, and we can't let us get that way and fall into those, those thoughts. You know, you have to look to the, to the Lord in all things, and that's what I try to do. You know, so we all fall, but that's the best thing to try to do and keep our thoughts in prayer and try to be the people he wants us to be and so we can become pure in heart. Section 94, 5C through G. Therefore, verily, thus saith the Lord, let Zion rejoice, for this is Zion, the pure in heart. Therefore, let Zion rejoice, while all the wicked shall mourn. For behold, and lo, vengeance cometh speedily upon the ungodly, as the whirlwind, and who shall escape it? The Lord's scourge shall pass over by night and by day, and the report thereof shall vex all people. Yet it shall not be stayed until the Lord come, for the indignation of the Lord is kindled against their abominations and their wicked works. Nevertheless, Zion shall escape if she observes to do all things whatsoever I have commanded her. But if she observes not to do whatsoever I commanded her, I will visit her according to all her works, with sore affliction, with pestilence, with plague, with sword, vengeance, and devouring fire. Nevertheless, let it be read this once in their ears that I, the Lord, have accepted their offerings, and if she sin no more, none of these things shall come upon her, and I will bless her with blessings and multiply a multiplicity of blessings upon her and her generations forever and ever, saith the Lord. There is our promise about what's going to happen and our warning that if we don't follow what he has asked of us, become the pure in heart, keep our actions pure and follow his commandments, we know what awaits us by that. So I hope that all of us will strive to become that pure in heart both in our actions and in our spiritual lives, to be the people he wants us to be and to look forward in all things. Thank you. A lot said. You know, he always amazes me what he comes up with to talk about. And I know it's a, it's a wonderful blessing when you're able to be up here with your child. But I credit God and Joyce for his upbringing, and I'm very thankful that uh, him and Samantha have held on to that rod of iron because there are so many of our young people that have lost hold of it and they failed to the ways of the world. But they had that teaching in the beginning, and we just had to rely upon the promises that the Lord said, if you bring up a child in the ways of the Lord, 
when he is old, he shall not, he shall return, or I can't remember exactly how the wording was, but we hope that those younger kids will all be holding on to that rod of iron and continue to trust in our Heavenly Father that they be a part of this gospel. We're going to close with the scene of hymn 466. Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of this service, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, and thank you for the blessings of this day, and we would ask that you go before us and prepare our way until we meet again. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen.